Welcome to the Franchise Hounds podcast. I'm Greg Macchia, a certified franchise consultant. Thanks for joining me as I interview franchise industry pros to dissect, explore, and discover franchise ownership. Joining me today is Paul Dorsey. Paul is the general manager of Jantize America, which is a commercial cleaning franchise. Jantize America has proven that this area developer concept will allow professional sales and marketing executives to capitalize on the $128 billion commercial cleaning industry by the method of franchising. Paul and I discuss in depth what an area developer is, why Jantize America uses this model, and how it works for all parties involved. I hope you enjoy today's discussion with Paul Dorsey of Jantize America. Paul, welcome to Franchise Towns. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Greg. My pleasure. How's everything out in Colorado? It's going well. Uh, sunny and first day above freezing in a while, so all good. Nice, nice. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on to talk about this concept in franchising of uh, area developers. You have, I believe, almost 30 years experience in franchising, and your company, Jantize America, utilizes this kind of a unique approach to growth. So I think, you know, you're as close to an expert on areas developers as we can get. Hey, thanks, man. And and has it been 30 years? I just actually looked at my profile picture and I think it was my son said, hey, dad, who's that? Is that your younger brother? <laughs> oh, that's from, <laughs> maybe I need to update that. I've lost a little hair since then. So uh, so as you know, you know, my listeners, all, all seven of them, plus my sister, you know, can't forget about her. I think she's, she's one of the biggest fans. They are... Um, all people who are interested in becoming franchise owners. So what I was thinking is that today, maybe, you know, hopefully we can have you explain what an area developer is, how it works. And by using, you know, Jantize America as an example of how your company does it. And uh, maybe along the way, as you're explaining, if other companies utilize area developers slightly differently or do things different, you can touch on that as well. Sound like a plan? Sure. Absolutely. What a great plan. And again, there are some different terminologies and different names, whether it's an area developer or some people combine the master franchise and the regional franchise or a regional director. So there's a whole bunch of different names people use for that same or similar positions. Matter of fact, I just got back from the franchise show and uh, well, the virtual franchise show and I had the topic, the different types of franchise. So whether it's a unit franchise or a multi-unit franchise or an area developer or a a master franchise you know there's over 3000 maybe 4000 brands from McDonald's to Jiffy Lube to Jantize America and then there's you know the 75 or more categories from lawn care to restaurants to facility services but there's four types unit franchise multi unit franchise area developer and master franchise great yeah i'm glad you touched on that i was going to ask about that and it really kind of those types kind of describe the the franchisee franchisor relationship sort of as well as how they interact with the end user the customer so a single unit franchise is probably what most folks are familiar with and what they think of correct absolutely single unit franchisee would be a typical you know for lack of better words husband and wife team and they're going into the shop whatever it may be the print shop the janitorial franchise the the ice cream store and they're working it you know 8 to 5 maybe seven till seven or nine till nine day in and day out they are the owner operators okay and yeah they're the ones who take care of the you know the customer the end user 
And then as, um, you know, if someone has success in that, they could hopefully grow to a multi-unit owner where they own, you know, multiple locations, right? Absolutely. So that goes into all the, the hair cutteries. They got a, a buddy who owns the Super Clips and he also owns the Great Clips, but he's a multi, not even a multi-unit franchisee with both those brands. He's got five in Charlotte, North Carolina. So he's got one in South Park, one in downtown, one in uh, Mooresville, one in Lake Norman, one up over in Concord. So he has five locations and he's not necessarily there at every location every day. He's hired managers in each one of those super cuts or great clips to manage a store so it's more of a high level which again the investment is much much more than a typical unit franchisee although the scalability that you have with that also comes along too although he has to manage manage the manager i guess right sure i guess there's two approaches you could you could come into franchising saying hey i'm just going to start with a single unit see how it goes and and you know hopefully grow into over time owning multi-units, or you could come in and say, I want to be a multi-unit owner and kind of out of the gate, purchase multiple territories and say, you know, over X number of years, I'm going to open these locations. Is that typically how it goes? Well, sure. Again, I don't know all the ins and outs, and maybe should have had one of my legal guys on the on the call too to go back to make sure we're on the up and up and all the conversations. Although that that multi unit sometimes it's when in the agreement that guy has with the franchise or hey, you have to open five in Charlotte. Hey, you have to open ten in Atlanta within these next five years, or else it's not going to work. The other thing too, Greg, and, and I don't know. Let's just use Subway, for example. They say the average Subway store, you know what, at the end of the year, it, it, it nets or $40,000, $50,000. After you pay the rent, you pay the supplies, you pay all the, uh, all the uh, expenses, the, the owner nets $40,000, $50,000. Wow, who wants that? But guess what? What if you have 10 Subways as a multi-Subway owner? Now you're talking $500,000, right? So it goes back just to that terminology, scalability. Sure. That's, yeah, that's really where the economics get appealing. Okay. So we have single unit, we have multi-unit and then, and then what's next area developer? Area developer. And that's what we offer here at Giantize America. So I do believe I'm an expert at the area developer slash some people call it a, a regional developer or even intertwining into that master franchise. Although there's a bigger definition that I believe for the master franchise. So the area developer is not involved in the, uh, the day in, day out uh, business economics. The area developer is two primary roles. First, the sales and the support of the local unit franchises. So at Giantize America, it's very unique. Not at, Typically, most of those 3,000 franchise opportunities or, or brands, there's a unit franchisee and a franchisor, a, a one-two level. In our industry, this facility services, it's been very popular because people can focus at their strengths, which the area developer's strength is sales and marketing. Now, he needs a couple sales guys to manage. He needs somebody to answer the phone. He needs some inside salespeople to set the appointments to go out for his sales guys. But let's use uh, my guy, Robert Chess, who's up in Raleigh, North Carolina. So Robert has been up in Raleigh, North Carolina. He's actually sold 79 unit 
franchise franchisees in Raleigh, North Carolina. Now, the average unit franchisee in, in Jantize America, the investments are oh fifteen twenty thousand dollars. For that fifteen or twenty thousand dollars, those seventy nine unit franchisees, and don't get me wrong, there's training and support and uniforms and and monthly uh, business one hundred one meetings with Robert. But for that initial investment, those unit franchisees are actually buying the customers that are provided by Robert or the area developer. So, unit franchisee. Great operational, great customer service type of folks. The area developer is a great salesman and a sales manager. And then my office, the franchisor, we take care of all the billing, the credit, the collections, all the IT, all the the stuff behind the scenes. So everybody has a vested interest, skin in the game, to make sure that end-use customer is totally satisfied. Yeah, that's interesting. Really, really different roles. So so to use Robert in Raleigh as an example, so when, when, when Robert purchased Raleigh, did you have any sense that he would grow it enough or be able to sell 79 units? So Robert was actually had no no problems. Robert had 10, 12 years experience with a, a friendly competitor where he was a regional director. So Robert, and like myself too, I was a, a Jan Pro regional director where I was paid, you know, over $100,000, but I also was able to sell the unit franchises, receive commissions there sell the customers and manage the sales guys, which I receive commissions there. So, so again, those larger offices, even as an area developer, you're not a one man show. You need to build the team to really scale the opportunity. Uh, again, some of my old friends at, at Jan Pro and, and Janie King too, they've got multiple territories. So no, I don't want to get, you know, uh, silly with you but they're multiple area developers how about that maybe we just coined a new phrase um, they, they, <laughs> they they have they have you know five or six territories and they're really hammering it wow that's that's interesting really different roles as you mentioned his his he doesn't only have to sell unit franchises he has to he books work for them right so it, it's it, the whole thing is really driven off of the area developers ability to to book local work in order for the the single units to perform that work is that right it is although he's 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 booking and he's selling the customers those unit franchisees that that car dealership the bank the credit union the manufacturing plant those become customers of the unit franchisees so then you get into the other legal lingo they're clients of mine but they're customers of the unit franchisees got the understanding kind of the the lineup of different roles so in in this whole thing uh jantize america you know is the franchisor obviously and since the area developers assume some of the roles and responsibilities of a franchiser in the traditional sense i assume you share royalties and then what exactly does you know, what's what's included in Jantize America's role? So Jantize America, my office, which we refer to as the National Franchise Support Center, we take care of all the billing, the credit, the collections. We bill out over $2 million a month. It's all done through our proprietary software that I've 
created called Janview, and then all the franchisees can see everything on their phone. Who's paid? What's paid? When's it going to be paid? We then collect the money, do all the collections, and the unit franchisees and the area developers are then paid on the 15th and 30th of every month. So the check comes in on the 7th, they get it on the 15th. The check comes in on the 27th, they get it on the 30th. That I mentioned that area developer, he is the the the, the regional franchise office, and, and that's part of my sale too to these potential area developers. Hey, why be a unit franchisee for X brand when you could be a franchisor in Chicago or in Tampa or in Dallas or in Raleigh? So it's more of working. It's more of working on the business rather than in the business. I like that model because it really allows people to focus on their strengths. It allows the, the area developer to focus on, doesn't have to worry about billing and things like that, can really focus on the sales component. And then, you know, the single unit doesn't have to worry about billing or sales. They can focus on the operational component. So it really allows everyone in the, in the system to, to focus on their strengths. Absolutely. And, and again, Todd, Todd Horsfall, who runs the Charlotte and owns the Charlotte, North Carolina Territory, and Guy Loveswick, who has Greenville Spartanburg, well, they were just at the uh, virtual franchise show, too, and they were the only franchisors at the virtual franchise show that would actually guarantee their franchisees customers. We guarantee you business, and if we don't get you business as a unit franchisee, we'll give you your money back, and that's in writing in the franchise agreement. Wow. I like that. No, I was just going to say, I um, why did Jantize America kind of choose this method or, or or system of growth? You know, I, I did a quick search of the the 500 plus brands in our portfolio that I represent, and uh, you know, not quite half of them said they offer area developers or, or master franchisee opportunities. Is this model more prevalent within certain verticals in franchising? Obviously, it, it seem, in janitorial, it seems to be a big one, right? It's it's huge, but it could and should work in any service-related business. And whether it's a home service-related business or a commercial or retail service-related business, why not have everybody working at those strengths? So X business, that is, you know, I, let's just, I, I, this is a great conversation, Greg, because even let's say we own the ice cream shop, right? The ice cream franchise 101. And we have the unit franchisee who's, you know, meeting with those customers, scooping the ice cream, taking care of all the inventory, doing what he does. But what if that unit franchisee at the ice cream store had a guy like you or me out doing all the sales and marketing, bringing all the people into the store for them within that local region. I mean, it would work there too. So again, it gives the strength. Everybody's working the strength. And why? Because not everybody's sales guys. They're they're not. And it's difficult and it's hard and it's tough. And they don't understand, again, the, the professionalism and the time and the effort it goes into close the deal and make a sale. Yeah. And on the flip side, you know, if, if you are a sales guy, maybe you don't have the, the, you know, operations or finance background that, you know, would, could make you successful. So yeah, I, I like this model. You know, as I was preparing for this conversation, I, was, I wasn't I was that familiar with what an area developer is and how it works, but I, I started thinking about it more and I was like, are there certain elements in the market that need to be in place, you know, to make this model work? And as you said, I don't think so because I, I could even see it in, you know, any service business. And I thought, you know, is it, is it growth related? Like I could definitely see the advantages of having you know, boots on the ground in a city with local knowledge selling into that community rather than trying to do it from, 
you know, corporate located in another state. So from that perspective, it, it really makes sense. Sure, and it becomes the hub too. So of those 79 franchises, or, or Todd has 62 in, in Charlotte, I mean, they have a hub so the unit franchisees can come in and use the conference room or, or use the computer or use the copier or interview their employees. So the unit franchisees don't have to have all these individual offices. It goes back to that whole sharing of the expenses and sharing of the profits as a franchisee. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's an, an added bonus. I didn't even think about that, about having a, a local hub. You know, you've touched a little bit about the, the sales background, but what makes an, a, a successful area developer? Because it's, you know, as we talked about, it's definitely a different skill set. You know, I, I don't want to say it's all about sales because they can hire salespeople to go out to knock on the doors, to go to the chamber meetings. The average sales guy within this industry brings on minimum of $3,000 a month worth of new business month after month after month. So in our model, it's like, hey, area developer, hire two sales guys. At the end of 12 months, I want you billing at least 70, maybe closer to $100,000 worth of monthly facility services that's being maintained by your local unit franchisees someone who who understands business development 101 although just like any franchise as an area developer i've got a step by step by step model hey we have scripts for your inside sales guys we've got scripts for your outside sales guys i've got a virtual proposal that's been online pre-covid so you can go over the virtual you can send an email to your customer hey here's a, a virtual proposal i want you to look this before we even come out to to meet with you again 10 questions to ask the property manager 10 questions to ask the the office manager so just like any franchise there's a system that's set up for the success and if you as a franchisee follow the system it works Although, even true at Giantize America, I've had area developers come in here and try to redefine or recreate the wheel. Oh, I'm not going to do my Google ads. I'm going to do something else. Wait, wait, no, you got to. What do you mean? You're, gonna, you're not going to do that. Oh, I'm not going to hire sales guys. I'm going to do it all myself. No, no, you're not. It, it doesn't work. Or even my own area developers, they get involved, like you said, into the, the operations. I got to learn how to mop floors. I got to learn about the, the, the system. No, no, you don't. You got to sell your unit franchisees. It's their responsibility to learn how to take care of the operations and for unit franchisees. Again, we have all a hundred different videos through our partnership with the Buckeye Cleaning Centers, a hundred online videos of how to clean. We pre-COVID, hey, how to mop floors, how to strip wax floors, how to do your customer service. Everything is set up so that the unit franchisee has a system, the area developer has a system. And of course, at Giantize America, our National Franchise Support Center, we have a step-by-step system, too, on the billing credit collections. I mean, I go over the procedures, and gosh, with my uh, staff accountant, Jacoby Lloyd, and his team of, of five others, that, hey, there's a process. Everything has a process, and that's, again, what makes franchising so successful. Yeah, and I, and I assume included in those systems are training for area developers about how to recruit franchisees at the unit level and also how to you know do account sales and customer sales to sign up work for the for the units right absolutely so again the system the acronym save yourself time energy and money so whatever franchise it is they have a system and any other franchisor who would be on the call or you speak to next week i'm sure they'll validate that again if the franchisee follows the system it works 
hey, it takes a couple years and you're good. But if you begin to deep, why'd you buy the franchise? So the fra- any fra- I don't need a wild horse that's going to go recreate his own system. Go start your own franchise then, right? And I've turned away guys, too, that I'm like, wait, back it up. You're, you've, we've already done this for the last 20 years. We know what's successful. Yeah, so, so just to paint a picture, an area developer buys a, a major city, you know, Tampa or Chicago, and then they have the rights to develop that city or area. And, and how big of a demographic, you know, radius is it typically? Typically a major city in a 35-mile radius of that city. Uh, certainly we can outstretch that too. It's a smaller, a few counties you could put together. So it goes back to what is preferred or what is necessary for that candidate in the particular territory. I mean, but it's never the size because our our our, our head of our Area Developer Council, Guy Luswick, who's in Greenville, Spartanburg, South Carolina. I mean, there's less than a million people, but yet he's billing over $250,000 a month, and he's got 40-some-odd unit franchisees. So the small market is just as good as the large market, whether it be, you know, Chicago or Dallas or... or yeah, wow, okay. And then and then the unit franchisees uh, buys, you know, certain zip codes or areas within that major market to service customers in those areas. I'm shaking my head. No. No. Very again, very unique. The unit franchisee within our system does not buy a zip code and does not buy a territory. They are actually buying customers. So for ten thousand dollars, I'll give you three thousand dollars worth of customers. For twenty thousand dollars, I'll give you eight thousand dollars worth of customers. We literally, Greg, can have unit franchisee Lisa and her team cleaning the Ford dealership in Raleigh, North Carolina, and right next door or right across the street, we've got Bob and his team, another unit franchisee, cleaning the Toyota dealership. I'm glad I asked that question. Interesting. I didn't I didn't realize that's how it works. I like that because there's a, a performance component to that where this unit franchisee doesn't have a, a zip code lockdown. Um, they have to essentially perform and, you know, be willing to compete against other unit franchisees uh, to get work, I assume. Um, I don't want to say compete because, again, everybody's in the batter's box and we have obligations to get them business. And, of course, they can buy more business. So here's a couple good examples. We have one unit franchisee who cleans a huge medical facility and bills out $75,000 a month. And he has 15 guys, employees, who work for that unit franchisee, Ron Dananis up in, in Raleigh, right? And then, guess what else? We have a single mother who works at the bank from 8 to 5, and she bought a smaller franchise plan, and she cleans two dentist offices on the weekends and makes an extra $1,000 a month. So it's whatever the unit franchisee wants it to be. And, and I use that example, the Toyota and Ford dealership. It could be literal, although we don't want a unit franchisee, and I don't know your territory, but Charlotte, Mecklenburg County is huge now. It's, it's almost 50 miles from Mooresville to South Park. We want those unit franchisees in North Charlotte to stay up in North Charlotte, and we want those unit franchisees in South Charlotte to stay down in, in, in South Charlotte to avoid the whole windshield time. Although, again, I'll throw another caveat that I've always learned from Miss Parham, 
who was one of my first unit franchisees. Miss Parham, uh, she was actually billing close to fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand dollars a month, and she had I, she had businesses all over North Charlotte, South Charlotte, East Charlotte, and there was all over. And forty five wasn't even built yet. And finally, I was like, "Gosh, Miss Parham, how, how do you do this? How do you get out there?" And she looked at me, and Miss Parham was a little bit older than I, and she said, "Oh, Paul, have you ever played Monopoly?" I said, I love Monopoly. And she said, who wins? I said, the guy with all the property wins. She said, that's right. I don't clean that building in South Park. My sister does. I don't clean that building in West Side. My cousin Lisa does. I don't clean that building up in Lake Norman. My brother's uncle Tom does. And then she went through the list. She's like, but guess what, Paul? Once a month and every Friday, I put my lunch in the car and I go around and visit every one of my customers to make sure that my niece and my cousin and my uncle Tom are making sure that customer is totally satisfied and they know that I'm the owner. Great story and analogy. Gosh, it's really unique because uh, these these unit franchisees really have a lot of uh, flexibility as far as to be whatever size you know fits them. Right, they they can take on any any level of work or get as big or as small as they want to. Absolutely. Again, pre-COVID, it wasn't my favorite thing in niche market, but we had a couple of franchisees and we signed the the Chili's. So we had fifteen Chili's restaurants in Charlotte. I don't like them, man. They're seven days a week. Although Rob and his crew, he loved them, and he had fifteen chilies, and he hired guys, and we got in there at ten o'clock at night, and they cleaned till you know two o'clock in the morning, and he went around each one of those chilies billed out. I think it was two thousand dollars a month. So again, he liked to do restaurants. There's others that specialize, and still today we specialize in the medical facilities. But the medical facilities are critical cleans, and they got uh, bloodborne pathogens and all these other certificates that we got to go through. So not every unit franchisee likes. And then there's the banks, and you can have a, a bank, and a bank could be, hey, Miss Parham loved the banks because they were easy cleans. They were in and out in an hour or so. But then, you, you know, you get in the car dealerships and, and all sorts of things. And, and Or there's just there's such different niches within the industry that you could choose as a unit franchisee. So when an area developer signs up new, new work, does he present that to the to the local units and say who wants it or how does that work? No, again, we typically want to sell one unit franchisee at a time. So the unit franchisee comes down, he initially invests $20,000 with that area developer. They've gone through the sales process. They go through training and then the area developer begins to offer him business. Hey, I got one account. It's a thousand bucks a month. Do you want it? Yes, I do. I got another account at 2000. So they build there and then they fulfill the obligations of that franchisee. And then the next franchisee comes the next day. So Robert and his 72 franchisees, they went one by one by one because Robert had obligations to get the unit franchisee business. Don't get me wrong, every franchisee and every small business owner is different and and some guys are better equipped at managing and running their business than others. So they may get a larger account or they I mean I'm not going to offer the 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 100,000 square foot multi-tenant building to the new franchisee, well, that's got to go to Bob because he's already got experience cleaning the 80,000 square foot. Sure. No, totally makes sense. So uh, let's just touch on a little bit how an area developer makes money. They obviously have a, a recurring income stream, which is really nice. But what are the different sources of that recurring revenue for an area developer? So the area developer, I think there's eight reoccurring residual revenue streams. The first is the franchise sales. 
So the area developers selling the franchises from six thousand to twenty-five thousand dollars. Although the second source becomes financing of those franchises locally. So the unit franchisee can put down an initial down payment of say $10,000 and still owe $5,000. That $5,000 is then paid back out of one of the accounts that unit franchisee receives. So the car dealership is billing, you know, $3,000 a month. Well, the franchisee owes $5,000 over the next 36 months, $150 a month will be deducted from that account. The second or the third source of revenue is the royalties. Again, the area developer at Giantize America receives a 9% royalty. The royalty takes care of all the billing, the credit, the collection, all those hassles and headaches. 9%, so they, they build it up. The next is an administrative or, or, or management fee within the territory. It's 7%. So 7%, that also goes to the area developer for his regional office space to you know pay for the lights, pay for the office, pay for the phones, all the things that go into there too. And then you get into the, I like to call them the upgrades. I think the technical word is the marketing fee. So unit franchisee who Miss Parham comes on and she initially invests $5,000. Well, the area developer then owes her is it three thousand dollars for the business? Well, guess what? Miss Parham's great. She's got more people. She she wants to grow. She doesn't want to be stuck at five thousand. So, she, hey, Miss Parham, you want another account? Absolutely. Well, the unit franchisee then pays a factor of three times the first month as a commission or a marketing fee, or I like to call it an upgrade for that additional business. That is also financed and deducted from one of the accounts. And then you get into the the you know the we don't call it insurance anymore. It's a building protection program. The unit franchisee can get their own insurance or they can go through the area developers building protection program. There's a small markup there too. Uh, and then you get into the supplies, paper towels, tissues, and soap to the end use customers. And we're buying through Buckeye. Man, so my, you know, our markup sometimes is now 40, 50, 60%. Uh, I can buy a case of Charmin toilet tissue at 35 bucks. I can resell it at $75 wholesale to the end-use customer. Uh, and then you get into everything else from their paper towels, tissues, trash can liners, etc. that the customer needs, along with additional services. So, hey, it's five days a week to clean the car dealership. The car guy, we need our floor stripped and waxed. No problem. We come out and strip. We need the windows cleaned. No problem. That's an additional service. So you add on all these additional services. And then you get into the equipment. For the unit franchisees, again, buying wholesale, buffers, scrubbers, vacuums, you name it through our partnership and selling them retail to the unit franchisees. Wow. Fascinating. This is like one of the uh, best kept secrets in uh, franchising or business ownership. It's really- well, I, ho- I, I hope not. I mean, is that, is that why I need to keep expanding and we got to get the secret out? Yeah. I, again, I, I, I bit ingrained in it and I, I've got friends and friendly competitors uh, been doing this for a long time and it just it never makes sense to me it's like oh my gosh another pizza this pizza restaurant up i live up at lake norman too this pizza place it's been five franchises in the last two years how do they do i don't know i mean i don't know i don't everybody's got more money than me i guess <laughs> so speaking of money what's a what's a typical investment to, to become an area developer with with Jantism? America. The territory is $75,000 for that major city, and they probably need another $50,000, $75,000 to get a small office staff and hire the staff, get some computers, and they're out feet in the street. So they're all in $150,000 liquid capital. Not bad at all. Well, before I let you go, I wanted to ask, I um, 
I'd heard your office is inside the Charlotte Motor Speedway, which which sounds really cool. Yeah. Can, can you actually see the track from your office? I can, I have to walk out the door, so I can't. Nah. I can hear the track though, Greg. I can hear not only because we've been here for so long, and we had a big a broker event here, uh, November was it November 2019? I, I'm sorry that you missed it. It was a great time. We go out there and race cars around the track all the time. I know all the NASCAR guys coming and going from the Charlotte Motor Speedway. I got a parking spot right up front. Sometimes they think that I'm a driver. It was kind of neat too. Uh, but but <laughs> here's the secret: when I'm outside, listen, I've gotten so. Uh, I, I don't know, even without the headset, I can tell if it's a ride-along. So they do the Richard Preddy school, and they got the cars out there racing. And Oh, that's a ride-along going out there. Oh, here comes the, the Bush Series guys. I can tell their cars. And then when the real NASCAR guys are out there, oh that's our, let's go who's racing today right so it's it is neat wow and i've certain we we've got the club upstairs the club's been shut down now for a year and then we go up to the speedway club and, and look out it's it's really a neat thing yeah that's really cool yeah so when's the next broker event when am i going to get my invite down watch you're coming race? man yeah <laughs> I don't know, when's the next when's the next race I yeah what? i watched a little daytona but there was no you know there's no fans in the seats so yeah they got to do something well we'll all be we'll all be ready for some type of event when we can when we can do that kind of thing again right absolutely all right well paul this has been great really super informative i, I learned a lot and i appreciate it and uh i'll include links in the show notes to to jantize america and you know in case anyone would like to learn more Thanks again, Paul. Sure, anytime I can help, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. it. Thanks again. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to another episode of Franchise Hounds. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in a future episode or would like to work with me directly to explore franchise ownership opportunities, please reach out through the form on our website at franchisehounds.com.